What happens when you take Facebook arguments between friends who don't agree and have them face to face? I'm Xanthi. And I'm Andrew. And this is We've, We've Got, Got Issues. Hello, it is We've Got Issues, episode number 22. I'm Andrew. And I'm Xanthi. And gosh, we're back. And you know, we this is now after post-Kavanaugh. Yeah, we had a weird, um, we had a little bit of a, a hiatus because I uh, was at an all-women's conference right. last week. Right, Um yeah. At our alma mater, and um, yeah, and so we didn't record, which we sort of think might have been a good thing. I, I was just going to say that. things were very right. heated. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, uh, it was an interesting time, and, and I think that Xanthi and I, um, we disagree on things, and we, but we also agree on a lot, but then I think sometimes you get things that are in this space where you worry, oh, well, this is going to be someplace where we might disagree. And so... And we're, and we're planning so on we it. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> so we had technical issues last week. Whether They were not intentional, but they were. And so, um, yeah. so anyway, we're back. The silver lining is we've, we've had a little bit more time to reflect. Yes. And we're gonna and we're gonna get into it after we play our game. Yes, our games. And actually, I thought our first game, a new game, um, and I can't remember what the game show was. Somebody can tell us in the comments. But it was, you know, one of those games where essentially it's a word association, and if we get the word association right, uh, then you get the point. And I don't. Oh, and was it like a celebrity sitting across yeah, from a yeah, non-celebrity? Yeah, exactly. I, I know nothing about game shows, but I do vaguely. You give the hint. I vaguely and then the other remember person that. Does it password or sixty four thousand dollars? I think they were all sort of like this. Okay. So all right. So these are these. I'm just going to name. You have to tell me the rules. So you're going to tell me a word, I'm and gonna, you want me to say something. I'm going to give you a, a word, actually a person. Yeah. You're going to describe that person in one word, and yeah. uh, if um, you get the same word that I have, okay, we get the point. So I have to read your mind, basically. No, no, <laughs> no. This is your take on it, not my take on it. Okay. So the question, what I'm trying to find out is, if this isn't that kind of a game. This is a game where we're trying to see, hey, did we have the same oh, impression? Oh, so it's sort of like the newlywed game. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is a brilliant new game that's never existed. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay. So, so um, I'm trying to say what you would have... What just you word associated. Okay, like, okay, okay. okay. All right. Ford. I'm a rule follower, Andrew. I Ford. need to know the rules. One word. Ford. Heroin. Heroin. I had credible, and I would have accepted poise, but I'm not going to give us the point for, for four. Uh, Kavanaugh. Bully. I had inauthentic and indignant, um, but I thought he was inauthentic, but I d- didn't think bully, so no points yet. <laughs> Cory Booker. Calculating. Oh, I used that for other ones. Um, but I had him as sort of unpresidential and weak. I actually thought he, would, he had a really poor showing uh, at this. Well, luckily, um, Americans have a really short Kamala, attention span. So. Kamala Harris. Um, oh, there's so many words that I could use for her. Um, but in the context of the hearings? Yes, yes. Um, uh, professional. I think... We might agree on that. I, I had low key. I thought that she was she was tempered and but didn't grandstand. Not too emotional. So I'm going to give us the point. Unlike Lindsey Graham. I'm going to give us the point. Jeff Flake. Wishy washy. Uh, Wishy washy. Interesting. Um, I had I thought that Jeff Flake was the only person who came out a winner in this whole thing. Hmm. Um, I think he came across as empathetic. I think it was calculated. Oh my god! But I think Am I allowed gra- to weigh in on this? With, well, 
Well, that was yes. Wayne, do you think that we're, do you think he was swayed by the elevator thing, or do you think that was all just theater? I think he's a truly moral person, uh-huh. and I think that they did make an impact on him. Although I do question whether the impact was made because the whole thing happened on live television, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it had happened behind the scenes if it would have had the same impact on him. So I got to call BS a little bit on yeah. how empathetic he might really be. And then I think it's you know to call somebody credible and want to know more and so on and so forth and then vote for Kavanaugh anyway to me is I, yeah. I think unfortunately in this situation he had to pick a side and he picked a side yeah um, I, so. my take on it is like he was trying to appeal to female independent such conservative voters especially but he doesn't in, have in, to appeal to any voters because he's not running for office again uh, so I thought he would the word I had that was presidential yeah. um, I, I thought know. that he was I think he is going to make a run and I think um, well, I'll tell you what. I would run. never vote for him now because of his uh, okay. because of his vote for Kavanaugh. Even though he slowed up the whole process, wouldn't do it. Didn't mean nope. anything to you. So that's interesting. Okay, Lindsey Graham. Hysterical. Uh huh. What was yeah, that's word? a trigger word? I, I chose that word on purpose. I had calculated. Okay. I thought I'm not giving us the point. So only we've only gotten one point so far, and that's on Kamala Harris. Uh, Alyssa Milano. Bizarre. I don't know what she was doing there. It seemed really strange. Yes, we got a second <laughs> point. I have, I have surprising, and then I also had omnipresent. <laughs> but, but it was actually like it made the whole spectacle like just so American. It was right. like oh, random B-list celebrity. Right. Although she isn't totally random. Like you know why she was there. Well, she was the Me Too. She was connected person. to the Me Too movement. Yeah, so she was not the Me Too person. She was the person who got I, credit for the Me Too thing until the black well, we woman could, who actually started it, Tarana Burke really got credit yeah but at the same time we've had actually this argument if you go back into the archives uh (laughs) if you come up with an idea and somebody's already come up with that idea but you come up with it independently Mm -hmm. i don't think you can take away somebody's no no i know i'm just saying you know you gotta be you gotta tread carefully around this so there was somebody else who came up with anyway let's leave Alyssa milano (laughs) that's all the time we have i will say her hair and makeup were, were really excellent really yeah I was not that. I thought she looked a little with the hair you? pulled back and severe. You know. Severe. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is she going to go in there with, like beach waves? I'm kind of more charmed. I like her and sort of charmed <laughs> with that. Look. Well, she's middle aged now, Andrew. So. I, I, she's still, um, she's great. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. I don't have much to say about Alyssa Milano, to be honest. God bless her. I will say it was one of the more entertaining moments gonna, of the hearing because we're we were texting. Get, stop! I, we were texting all all of us who were watching it together. We're all like, "Who is that? What? What is she doing there? Is it Alyssa Milano?" And I'm pretty sure every single person watching it had the same. So it was like a water cooler right, moment. Right. It's like a where's <laughs> thank Wa- you, Alyssa. Where's Waldo? Or exactly. Something. Yeah. So um, this one, I think we could probably get to give ourselves two points for this one if we get it exactly right, and I think we will. Oh, uh, high bar. Ch- Chuck Grassley. Dinosaur. Oh. Oh, I, I can't was believe hoping we for it. us. You sure you want to take another guess? Um, absurd. Yeah. No. <laughs> I had cranky. I cranky. Thought, I thought oh. we'd get that point. All right. I'm, I'm not giving it to. My us. favorite thing about Grassley though is his accent. Where instead of a session, he says "session." Yeah. And I didn't know that people from Iowa talked like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> we are starting are this we? session. Moving along. <laughs> But you know, when you listen to senators, it's interesting to hear the regional differences. It is. That's, uh, why, that's, that's why I listen to senators. <laughs> so I can hear the regional We're starting differences. starting this session. Yeah, okay. Uh, Murkowski. Uh, principled. Mmm. I had pragmatic. Oh, it's so close. You no, know, it's not, because then Susan Collins. 
Um, uh, Susan Collins, golly. All right, I got to think about this one carefully for a second. I might say that she was pragmatic. I had principles. (laughs) (laughs) You can see it right there. Andrew, I just want to say, Andrew just threw his pen across the room. Oh, great, I gotta go get my pencil. And therein lies the difference between There it is, right there, yeah. So I thought Collins made a sort of very principled, so I think, by the way, they oh. did this in a back room, uh, Collins and Murkowski, and they said, who's going to take the hit? I totally disagree. And um, that's my take on it, because Murkowski has a tough election coming up with um, where Native Americans are going to, and they knew they, they didn't need both of them, right? Because they were going to get the, the Democrat. And so... Wait, you think Murkowski agreed to vote no because she knew that he was going to get through anyway? I think Collins agreed to vote yes and Murkowski agreed to vote no, but, yes. But Andrew, how can you say, which, I think there was which a deal. one of them took a risk? The one and in the end of the know. day, Murkowski then Murkowski wound up wrote, voting for it because they did that vote switching thing. So she ultimately oh, did. Oh, don't even know. You don't know. Well, oh. it was sort of like, well, there's a Democrat, but he needs to go see his, somebody wanted to go to his daughter's wedding. Oh, I didn't even hear about that. Oh, yeah. So, I was distracted by my 30 So the interesting thing is she's like, comments. well, I'm officially no, but I'm going to do yes in this vote swapping That's thing really so weird. that he but doesn't she's, have to vote. But, but in everyone's mind, she went down as a no. She went down as a no. And I think that basically Collins said, yeah, I'll take the hit with women in Maine. And Murkowski said, great, you take the hit. That's and just I, so I, weird because I see it the complete opposite well, I know, way. Exactly. We Completely see it. the opposite. So we flipped those over. Oh, principled and are we getting to Heidi Heitkamp? Who? Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota. We're not, she's not on our list. Oh, she was another, she was, she's a Democrat in a red state who voted, she also voted no, unlike Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat from a red state who voted yes. Yeah. So they were also very much in play as yes or no votes. Yeah. As no votes, I should say. But anyway, that was my take on Collins. And Heidi Heitkamp's probably going to lose. That there was a fix in on that and that they basically made a deal. you're so cynical, God. Because it's politics. I actually thought the fix was in on the sort of on the flake thing too like that that was a yeah. calculated decision yeah um, I, I agree with that these all you know they're all playing a, a show here it's, right. it's like a no like dr- a no drama I like Kabuka, that game I Kabuka. wonder what the next wait I got two more, I got two oh, more. oh 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 sorry Feinstein I'm gonna say as much as it breaks my heart ineffectual <laughs> that's funny you say that um, that's not what I had <laughs> I had reluctant and I think that she was reluctant I think that she knew ultimately that they didn't have a very strong hand and that she also knew how much it was going to divide the country and how much it was going to make the Senate a different place. And I yeah. think it has. And at the same time, I think she said, we've got to push for this. Or- That's so funny because if you said reluctant to me, my interpretation would have been, and I don't know why they didn't hammer this a little bit harder. You know, they kept getting, they, she kept getting criticized over and over. Like, why did you bring this forward at the last minute? You had this letter for so long. This was all like a calculated. Right. And to me, it was very obvious why she didn't bring it forward, which was that Blasey Ford asked her, please don't bring this forward unless you absolutely have to, because I don't want my whole life to be in tatters over this. And and they did say that a few times, well, but somebody, they didn't really get at it, which was like, Feinstein was, Feinstein was actually protecting yeah. Ford, 
right? So then to go to Feinstein and accuse her of exploiting Ford for political advantage seemed very um, untrue to me, very unfair. So here's a good question. Do you think that it was Feinstein's office or do you think it was the Washington Post that leaked her name? I can't possibly speculate. You can speculate. That's no, what we do. I, I don't know. That's our job. No. You have no I idea. Hope not. I, have no, I have no idea. Yeah. Nor I, do I, care I personally think it probably just... was the post, and that and that Feinstein got put in a really tough situation. At oh, the here's same another time, word I would like to say about both Grassley and Feinstein, which is old. Huh. <laughs> they both came across as so old. Yeah. Oh. It's okay. And not really. All right. Last one. All right. Rachel Miller. <laughs> well, I just want to say that my favorite thing about Rachel Miller, who was the prosecutor that they hired, was actually the way A.D. Bryant portrayed her on the SNL yeah. skit. So I just came in. Southwest she was fantastic. Yeah. Like, I will only ever now be able to see A.D. Bryant in my head, which yeah. I think is like the sign of our truly excellent mimicry. Yeah. Um, I found her pathetic, if you want to know the truth. Pathetic? Yep. Well, you're not going to get that one. <laughs> so I, well, it's interesting. I, I, this was one where I hedged. I basically said that I thought that she appeared ineffective and ineffectual. Yes, I would and, agree with that. But actually, she was effective. Huh. And um, that she, she actually played the way that she did the forward thing where... She absolutely came across like, we're not attacking you. We're not going after the incident. That's funny. All my lawyer friends were like, she's cross-examining her. That's not yeah, how it's supposed to go. But I thought she did it in a way that was was very... Right. She seemed gentle, she had but a very she light. Really. T- I thought yeah. she had a light touch. Um, and But also, I thought maybe effective. But so here's a question I have for you. Why do you think that, this, that the Republican senators hired her? For... for I, I think What's the for main the, reason? For the obvious reasons, for their optics. Okay. Because I actually used to think that it was that. Like, yeah. initially, I thought, oh, they're just, they want a woman to, you know, to do the questioning so it doesn't come across like the Anita Hill thing where yeah. it's all these white men. Yeah. yeah. But I actually came to realize it was for a completely different reason. What was it? Which was that they wanted it to appear like a trial. Oh. And they wanted to have the patina of trialness <laughs> to because coin that would a really terrible word. Burden of proof because it raises the burden of proof, and that's why they hired a prosecutor. And they they actually this whole you know people criticize them like oh cowards they don't want to ask the questions, but they promoted that because they didn't want people to know that the real reason they brought her in was to make it look like a trial. And if it looks like a trial, exactly the burden of proof is much higher. Yeah. And that is how everyone ended up talking about that's it. It's a very so, compelling argument. Oh yay! No, I think that's very that's that's probably very true. I mean, I, um, and uh, actually, really, I think it really worked. I think it was both. So in that but sense, it, she was extremely effective. I think she was effective. I just found in the moment while watching it. I felt, and maybe we were supposed to feel this too. I actually felt bad for her because I was like, yeah, you did. she's getting going. And then they're like, oh, now right. session, we got to get the session underway. And well, we had Grassley it, interrupting her the whole time. The way it felt was like, oh, you know what? The prosecution or whatever they were, whoever she was supposed to be, or the, I guess the, the defense. The defense. Yeah. yeah, you sort of felt she like. She came across as an underdog. Yeah, and like, that oh, is so screwed up. Poor Kavanaugh. Like he's not getting good, good representation here. He's, yes. They're not getting any time. Yes. And. Um, yeah, it was a way of building sympathy for him I, in a strange way, too. I, I don't know if it was all calculated to be that. It but worked out. It was, and then especially when she kind of came in and be like, guess what, this is not the best way to do this. And everyone was like nodding ahead, like, yeah, you're right. Like, this this isn't fair. <laughs> and, and, and that was good for Kavanaugh, right? Well, and, yes. And uh, so I thought she was actually effective. And I guess we agree so on yeah, that. I should so I guess that. we'll take a point. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
Um, so like it was interesting. Uh, I think we, we, we found that we agreed on some things and actually we had our points of disagreement too. So let's <laughs> talk. Do you want to do Not My Tribe? Yes, I do. I, have, I mean, it is the And game. honestly, like, it really stinks because there's some weeks where there's so much stuff going on that right. I, I can't focus on the Not My Tribe question, yeah. so we've just had you ask them because apparently you are able to still focus even when the world is burning around us. Mm. Um, and then, like, the last, last week I had so many good ones. Yeah. Like, Trump talking about Kim Jong-un and saying, you know, we fell in love. Yeah, like, yeah. There were so many good ones, and now I've had to let them go because they're, you know, not evergreen. Okay. Um, but I have some. Let's see how I do. All right. So this first one is a three-parter. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sorry, actually. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to apologize. <laughs> Make him squirm. Um, so you're going to get some of it. Uh, so the first question is, what formerly apolitical celebrity uh-huh. broke his or her silence this Taylor week? Taylor Swift. Thank you. With a 400-word Instagram post. So yes. that's the part I knew you would get. So Aryan princess. Point yes. for you. Um, ha- uh, oh, and let's just make sure that everybody knows she actually weighed in for the Democrats. Yes, yes. Um, uh, how many new voters registered in what they're calling the uh, Taylor effect after she urged people to register to vote? And it was in something like 48 hours, maybe maybe. These are all Swifties. Um, well, we don't know for sure why they voted, right? That's, it's sad if it's a high number, but I bet it's a, like fifty thousand. Uh, two hundred and forty. Two hundred forty people. Two hundred forty thousand. Oh, two hundred forty thousand people. <laughs> that's crazy. And, and with very high percentages in the eighteen to twenty-four well, range, much her. much higher than at comparable times in past years. How many of those do you think are going to vote for well, Democrats? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, Sixty-one hundred people voted um, registered to vote in Tennessee, which is where Swift votes and where she particularly focused her ire on the Republican candidate. Okay. Um, and third part, third what part. was Donald Trump's response? To the Taylor Swift voting thing? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was dismissive and quite offensive. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. He said, I like her music about 25% less now, okay? That's funny. <laughs> See, the thing about Donald Trump is, despite the fact that he's awful in so many ways, he's got a very good sense of humor. Oh my God. You cannot deny, if you deny that, if you deny that he's not sometimes very funny, oh, funny like, then you're not, that's a funny no, thing No, I mean, to you say. listen to him do these, like, crazy freewheeling press conferences, and even as you know that the reporters have their jaws, like, Dropping, hanging yeah. open, there are, like, constant bursts of laughter. Yeah. Like, he made the UN laugh. He's funny. <laughs> yeah, when he was like, oh, we're the greatest nation in the world, it's like, well, that wasn't what I was looking for, but, like, he's funny. He's got a very New York-honed... Yeah sense of humor. <clears throat> right. So it's okay so to find him funny. That I'm going to say you got one out of three on that. Okay. Fair, um, fair you knew that You knew about this swift effect, so that's good. Or the yes. Both okay. of those are second terrible. one. Second one, second one. Wow. Are you being me today? You're like moving No, I just, you know, we got a lot to talk about. Um, all right. Let's see. Oh, um, Melania Trump gave an interview this week on <laughs> ABC, um, <laughs> and they asked her about the her motivation for starting her, you know, very, very effective and <clears throat> well-known be, be, be best. <laughs> anti-bullying campaign oh. called Be Best. Be Best. Um, and she... Because um, you don't, you don't want to be revealed, better. You want to be the best. And she revealed what her... <laughs> with no articles. Um, she revealed her reasons for starting this campaign. And I'm wondering if you followed that. And um, Because Michelle Obama did it? No, I... <laughs> um, her reasons for... Yeah, why, what motivated her to make this her cause? Uh, something to do with Bannon Trump? No. Baron Trump? Um, sorry, Bannon. Oh, God, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, um, 
why did she make Their this next child can be called Bannon. Bannon Trump. Yeah. Bannon no, I just Barron. think, uh, I think it's a good cause. I think actually she's, I mean, I don't know if she's being effective at representing it. It's a nice idea. But I think it's it's actually a really important thing. And I think it's Not to mention a good first lady thing. I think that Michelle Obama's food health thing was also really important. So, but I, why? I don't know. Should she experience bullying? Oh God. I thought I was going to get away with this one and now you got it. She actually said she is the most bullied person in the world. Yeah. Quote unquote. She said, I could say I'm the most bullied person in the world. Yeah. So according to her, um, that's, that's her reason for, for, um, promoting this. You know, Melania to, to be fair to Melania, like she, did not sign up for what she's what she's got. And, Fair enough. And uh, neither so, did Michelle Obama, but she did a really right. Awesome and Michelle job at it. also maybe wasn't so crazy about that role either. But you know, right. I think Melania did make a you know a decision, uh, and she thought probably it would be it would turn out differently. She than was it planning did. a different life, but she course. was not ready to be in the spotlight and yeah. the you know the. As she keeps Role demonstrating repeatedly. For the United States. Yeah. And, right. you know, I feel for... I, I, I don't feel for her at all. I do not feel for no, her one bit. I don't... I, I don't really empathize with her, but I, I can understand why she feels that way. I can understand why she feels like, you yeah. know what, I... It just is pretty ironic, because I, I think people were looking to her for, like, you know... Just wanted to keep my head down <laughs> and go to fashion shows However, I would also like kid. to point out, as many people have, that being criticized in your very, very public role, whether you chose it or not is not the same as bullying. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's She's completely misunderstanding what bullying is if she thinks that she's bullied. She's criticized. Yes, not the same thing. I All think right. she's also bullied, but that's we can disagree no, on that. No, who, who has more power than her who is who is uh, bullying her? It has to be, there has to be a power imbalance bullying for is, bullying to occur. is what somebody, yeah, okay, maybe it's not bullying. Right. But it's... It's just, it annoys me because it's a word that's way overused in schools and by parents especially. And I, I constantly think we need to remind ourselves what bullying actually is. And there has to be a power imbalance for it to be bullying. In the same way that there has to be a power imbalance for it to be sexual harassment. Okay. Finally, this is so light and frothy. Aren't you enjoying yeah. this? Oh, yes. I'll, <laughs> I'm going to think about that one. But go ahead. The third one. Um, who or what did the president, this one's hot off the presses. Who or what did the president criticize this week as, quote, crazy, loco, going wild, out of control? Yeah. And the answer, the trick answer is Kanye, but it's not. <laughs> um, that's where you were going, I can tell. No. Um, I was hoping you would fall into that fall trap. Fall into the Kanye trap, but no, no. Um, Crazy, loco, going wild, out of control. Those Trump. are all direct quotes. Uh, I would say upper class white women. <laughs> well, you would have been on target with that last week when all the women protesters were called a mob, a hysterical mob. Um, no, he was talking about, obviously, the Federal Reserve. Oh, yeah. Because the market went down 800 points because they raised interest rates. Well, that's not why, but um, yes. Wait, why? I mean, well, I don't think the correlation exactly is that... No. For sure. No. He was saying that they're raising interest rates slowly. All right, you're looking at me like I'm saying this wrong. But I'm pretty you know sure what? That Neither of us are, are economists, but I'm pretty, I, right, I'm pretty sure that the reason that the market just took a nosedive No, there's lots is, of reasons. Yeah. It's not just because of that. And they didn't just well, raise them. That's I'll not, agree the with market that. has I, tumbled what, in the last six I days, and it's not I, because they raised the my, rates. My sense on like the market, right, is like it's sort of like this, you know, balloon or something that like it gets over inflated 
and then something happens to pop right. it, but there's like a and then it all comes out. And everyone's happen. like, okay, it's time to sell, and then everybody sells. Yeah, it's, and a, so, it's a, like a mob mentality, basically. Right, right. Yeah. So it's a market, and so that makes yeah. sense he to me. That he did criticize. He was criticizing them because they're raising interest rates. Right. Um, but, yeah. But and by raising interest rates, it pops the bubble. Anyway, a bit. I just thought that was really funny that here he is meeting with this like clearly crazy, loco, wild, out of control person. Kanye, you were going, you were making that. In the Oval Office, yeah. I saw and what you were like, doing there. He was like, "This is fantastic. This guy's well, a genius." Well, and then well he's like played. going to the Federal Reserve, which is like the most like sober institution of all time, and those are the words that he used. I got it. Yay! All right, okay. I have so many others, but we're gonna stop there because we have lots of other things to discuss. <laughs> All right. So, so wait, how many points did you get? You got two because you got the Melania. Well, I got a, I got a third on the Taylor Swift thing, and then so I got the Melania a, one that of a randomly, and then uh, but I did not get the Federal Reserve. It's and not I random. Actually knew that's that, the way your I, that's the way your brain works. What? You you it's interesting listening to you talk. You talk yourself into the right answer quite yeah. often, which is impressive. Mm. Whereas I just go completely blank if I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. C. It's got to be answer C. <laughs> yeah. So like on the SAT. Yeah. So um, all right, moving on. So do you want to talk about just broadly about the Kavanaugh thing and like whether because well, my when we talked about this thing <laughs> over over the phone last night and we do our you know very long and, and thorough prep oh, session it was it was unusually long and thorough last um, my <laughs> argument well first of all, I had a couple of things one which was that I was surprised that so many women were saying oh what a waste. Uh, what a you know like we she had, did it for nothing. We we yeah it was all it was all for nothing. This poor lady's life was ruined, and I mean obviously she had some upside to it because she had she made like a million dollars on her GoFundMe. But um, what? Yeah, she did. She people funded her. What on GoFundMe? You don't? How do you not know that? I had no idea. Not my that. tribe. What? what? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. No, so while she was doing Who this... Who started a GoFundMe? She started it for herself? No. No. Someone no. else did. Supporters did. And so... That's it, weird. I'll send you the link. There's like six... If you feel like she her life is ruined, you can go donate money because to it. Because money will fix it. Okay. Uh, all right. So I knew you were going to say that. But like... <laughs> but basically, she... Wow, it hasn't been news It hasn't me. been a complete... Um, okay. You know... So she's, she's gained... Her but, checking account but, might improve. But nevertheless, even if you feel like... Um, yeah, hey, a lot of people were, were devastated. This whole, this whole thing was kind of for naught, and we right. got nothing out of it. And some people, I think, says, oh, this kind of thing moves, moves things back. Right. And I thought, no. I actually thought that despite the fact of the result, um, similarly, I maybe to the OJ case, like where despite the fact that the result I felt was wrong, like I thought OJ did it, yeah. and he got away with it. And right, right. I thought that despite the fact I thought the result was was. And I'm not sure the result Wait, was wrong here. How on earth did OJ move the? How did the OJ trial move? Because our everybody forward? became aware of like racial, the LAPD. Racial bias. No, about the LAPD and all the stuff that they had been doing, okay. and why, how upset like that that twelve black jurors were that they would actually nullify this this right. case. Okay. Because. And and how that's weird, and how the I whole feel like country maybe eventually that was true, but in the immediate aftermath of the OJ trial, it actually divided people way more because yeah, you had no, two sides of the country that were like. Wait, what? You thought what? Exactly. You were happy? You're that upset? Moves, that moves the. And when you saw all those African American uh, pictures on television where everybody was cheering and everyone's like, "What?" Like they're all cheering, like what? And then you start saying, "Oh my God!" All right. Well, I would in, argue that it took like in a decade for that to actually percolate down to the fine, point where we might fine, start to understand. But I think it. I think it moved <clears throat> people's awareness forward. It moved my awareness forward, okay. which is to say, I saw this yeah, that's true. so differently yes. than all of these other people. 
And I said, why am I seeing this differently? And it's like, oh, because there's this systemic injustice that's happening to these folks. And you're a white man who's And I'm a white man and I'm not seeing it. And and so the OJ trial to me said, even though the result was different, it Okay, I understand. I get it. it. Okay, I got that. And similarly, I think for the Kavanaugh, while you think that I thought the result was actually fair, and we can talk about why. You haven't asked me what I thought yet. but, um, (laughs) But I thought it, you know, say for my kids who are watching this, um, it moved the ball forward for them, which is to say, my, you know, for my son, he realized, I, you know, I think becomes aware that like, hey, stuff that you do, you in know, high school, sure. can, can affect people 30 years later. Um, oh, that that's can, interesting that you say can affect people 30 years later, because I think a lot of boys take away from this is going to be the stuff that I do in high school or college might come back and bite me in the same, ass same thing. 30 years later, whereas it's a little bit different to be like, I might do something to somebody now that would hurt them think, for 36 I years. both are true. Yes. And by the way, if it prevents... I just prevents, hope that boys are aware of both sides prevents the, there's a There's a carrot and stick there, but sure. if, if, yeah. if it prevents... Yeah, more assault. sexual assault, Absolutely. Absolutely. it's a positive, Yes. right? So whether or not they're doing it out of selfish reasons, which I think we mostly all do, or whether um, they're yeah, doing whether it out of, empathetic or doing it out of, yeah. oh, now I understand that this can affect people. Nevertheless, it does something I agree with important. you on that. I hope that that's true anyway. And, um, you know, and I think for women too, I think there is, I think that for girls who see this, they'll say like, you know, the, the message is like, you got to say something. You got to do. You got to get out there. And even though it's wow. painful, you have to. You're... That's funny. I I I would hope that that is a takeaway. I fear that the takeaway is, even if I came forward, I would be disbelieved and I would be mocked by the highest level people. I mean, it really makes me want to cry when I think about what Trump said about her at that rally. Like that. That was, I'm sorry, that was devastating. That was devastating to watch. That was almost like the worst part of the whole thing, except for Kavanaugh actually being confirmed, which was terrible, you know? And I will tell you, like my daughters cried when they heard Mm -hmm. that Kavanaugh had been confirmed. Um, And, you know, as a parent, certainly our job is to encourage them to stay strong and to do the things that you are saying, which is, you know, be aware of your actions, be aware of your agency don't be afraid to speak out. But it, but the takeaway really is she spoke out and what happened, well, you know? And like, we can all say like, oh, well, for the rest of us, we have a greater understanding, maybe, maybe not. But look what happened to her. So if you're the person that's contemplating coming out and saying something about somebody, making an allegation or revealing a behavior that an act that occurred, you know, nobody wants to be Christine Blasey Ford right now ever, or ever because she was the loser in the certainly in the short term and maybe in the long term. I mean, Anita Hill is an interesting, and I don't want to get too far into the Anita Hill um, sort of comparison, but she's actually somebody who has managed to make a, a fairly interesting life and career for herself. So she wasn't destroyed. And I don't think Ford will necessarily be destroyed in the long term, but there's really very little upside for her. All right. Uh, GoFundMe notwithstanding. I think, so actually, if there was one thing about this that I thought made this an edge case. And we were talking about why why I called this an edge case. And you're like, what do you mean by edge case? And so yeah. what, I, what I was sort of saying was, well, Kavanaugh, and actually there were a lot of things that made it an edge case. One, you know, one of them was just that, you know, in the previous Me Too's, we had seen- Multiple uh, allegations. Multiple allegations. The previous Me Too's, we had seen people sort of on the, many on the left, 
you know, who were taken down, who like the kind well, of the, I would argue you know, people were both sides. No, no, white males were not unhappy to see Harvey Weinstein or or conservatives were not unhappy to see Harvey Weinstein go down right. or um, or a lot of the or these, Al Franken or, or Al Franken or, right. Or, so because. But whereas well, so I'm going to say, like, the difference is not that Kavanaugh was a conservative, because we've seen plenty of conservative men also lose jobs over this. Um, the difference was, what was at stake? Exactly. And I, <laughs> and I, and I actually never really bought... It wasn't bought, just one person's job. The thing I never really bought, I, I really did think this happened to her, and I actually kind of believed it was Kavanaugh, right? But I, I you know, I, I basically thought, why would... One, like, I don't think she's making that up, and I think... And she seemed um, very certain. And she seemed very certain, and um, it, all, it all... When I heard her testimony, I basically, I believed her. Yeah. Um, and, and then, but I, at the same time, I didn't necessarily believe her entire story. I believed that, that absolutely something happened. I mean, I all of that, this is so subjective, he, right? right? It doesn't matter. Right. But end. what I did also think was that she actually had, and where we disagree... The people who say, I think usually women really do have like no reason to do this except for justice, right? right. Like, right, just, right. There's nothing to gain. All these nothing, people who are like, she wants her 15 yeah. minutes of fame. Like, right. that's all. And so I agree bullshit. with that. That like, hey, you know, most victims of sexual assault, like, they don't lie because why would they right. go through this right. to lie? Like, what do they have to gain? Yeah, this person's going to get kicked out of the right. university, or this person's going to get kicked out of their job, and that's justice, and that's and fair. that's the very rare case where but somebody this, is doing this. But this, there was a lot to gain. Um, on her side, and her lawyers certainly felt that there was a lot to gain. It could it could delay things possibly. By her side. Let me just finish. Let me uh. just finish. I think that that there was a lot to gain, which is to say she um, had the opportunity to really change history. She really stood athwart history, and um, she could uh, potentially, you know, put enough delay into this thing. There was a plan, you know, to try to delay again if they had won the House and the Senate to. To mm-hmm. you know, be able to delay this till 2020. Right. So, I actually thought that there were a lot of reasons why she would come forward with this at this time, and that she wouldn't have come forward with it at any other time. And um, and you know, which, why she didn't come up come forward with it a year ago, you know, a year after it happened, or two years, or whatever. I think that she felt that. Here, it actually meant something really big. Okay. So actually, it's funny. As you were talking, there's like smoke coming out of my ears and I'm writing down notes and I'm thinking all the things I'm going to say that I disagree with you on. And actually, (laughs) now that you've gotten to the end of what you were saying, I don't disagree entirely. I I do disagree with your saying there's a lot to gain for Ford. I I think there's nothing to gain for Ford. I think there was a lot to gain for the Democrats. Um, And I think... Um, maybe if Ford saw herself as an agent of yeah, justice, a heroine, right? Um, I do think that in that sense, I would never put it as a lot to gain. I guess that's the difference. I would never. I think she's lost a lot, and I think she was always going to lose a lot, even if they, even if the confirmation vote had gone the other way. Um, you no, know, you make yourself a public figure in that way, you lose everything. I don't I mean, think she's lost so much. I, I think half the country feels she's a victim. Right. And half the country, you know, maybe part of the country feels the crazy folks she, feel my she's point a liar. Being, my point being, she didn't want any of that. She didn't even want anybody to know her name. Right. So in that sense, she's a loser because she didn't, she never wanted yeah. to be the focus of the I, conversation. I do agree with you, though, that she came forward now because she felt the stakes were too high right. for her to stay silent. Right. And also, I want to point out, she did actually come forward when he was still right. on the short list. She did not actually yes. wait until it, he was the nominee. It, it, that was not her call. Which 
and I, I totally agree All with right. that. And and that actually that actually leads into the other question we had, which is to say, when we were talking about proof, when we talked a lot about believe women, and I don't know if we want to talk about that now as to what that means, because it's so confusing, whether we're talking about criminal or civil or institutional, right. and it's um, and whether we're talking about believing accusations or like believing them after the process. Well, I mean, can I just go on the record as saying that I don't like necessarily the phrase believe women, and I also think that we need to, I think that it's much more about um, listening to both sides, um, listening to allegations without dismissing them out of hand. And I think it's also listening to the people who are accused and to how they respond. And for a lot of us, like that's where Kavanaugh fell short was in how he responded. Um, and he had good reasons actually yeah. for that. Um, you know, there was like this fantasy meme going around on the internet about here's what Kavanaugh could and should have said, you know, I was drunk. I don't remember. I feel terrible that I hurt yes. somebody without meaning to. But it's it's a fantasy because he yeah. couldn't have said that because he right. would have lost the job. He was stuck. immediately. He was stuck. Um, and anyway. so the only thing to do, and, and that's a that's a big problem, right? Like that we're it's the, the biggest problem to me right now. That you can't admit that we've you can't. that we're in the process of creating or continuing to create a structure within which um, people who are accused of these acts. Um, assuming they fall short of criminal, um, being able to criminally prosecute them. People who are accused of things like Kavanaugh's been accused of, things lots of other men have been accused of, have very little wiggle room. They can yeah. either um, disappear <laughs> yeah. uh, or you know, lose their job, lose their public whatever yeah. persona, um, and sort of hope that eventually they'll be able to come back, or they deny, deny, deny. Right? Well, and Kavanaugh wanted this job. He was not going to let anything stop him. As he said, I'm not going to be bullied or intimidated into withdrawing. And so he took the deny, deny, deny route. And it's such a wound. It creates such a right. wound on the country. And so in your argument that this like yes, has but, somehow moved the argument but, forward, yeah. I also feel like it's created well, this here, giant wound, which is that here, it set up a template, which was, oh, actually, if you have the right people on your side, you can deny, deny, deny. And okay. you're gonna win. Okay, uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but let me let me say this. So I think what we what we should say is that publicity really matters here, right? So explain, what, explain what you mean. What I mean is that when if if you were if she had approached maybe with Kavanaugh privately, you know, at some point two years after this had happened, a year this had happened, when the stakes were low, if Ford had right. maybe with maybe with an attorney or maybe without, but basically saying this thing happened. And I want you to know, like, and, but it was confidential and there were some kind of repercussions, but like, this wasn't like, hey, I'm out to destroy your reputation. I'm out to, to, you know, I want you to be punished, but I also, um, like, I don't need to. But then it would have looked like she was like blackmailing. Fine, fine. <laughs> but the, the, the point is though, that once the level, the, once this has actually been blown up and you accuse somebody, when you accuse somebody publicly, yeah. right? I think the rate, the, the standard of proof that you need rises, yeah. which is to say that, um, hey, like once she's brought this in front of the whole nation, whole world, essentially, and calling this guy a rapist or people were, a, were a calling would be, a, would be a, a potential rapist. Attempted, rapist. attempted rapist, um, you know, then that that has a effect on Kavanaugh, whether or not he yeah. winds up being confirmed or not. Because it's part of his story now. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's it, it tarnishes him for right. sure. The same way Clarence Thomas is completely tarnished. And yes, and um, and so I think like if you want, if your goal is to say like, hey, we really want to have healing and apologies, and we want people not to have to do that. Yeah. Then the answer is then that has to happen in a different in conf, in yeah. confidence I privately. Agree with you. And once you get to this point where it's public, sorry, like. There is no play there because yeah. either you deny it, yeah. right? I'm not that person, or you acknowledge it, and you or you lose, acknowledge it, you and then then you've lost everything, well, lost okay. your reputation, and you've not lost everything. your job. So, yes. you, and well, fine, you can but say. That, but not Andrew, everything. you're completely right, which is that the whole this Me Too movement is playing out on so many different levels, right? And the level that it started on, and the one that most people are aware of, is the public level, which is celebrities, public figures. Um, what happens when this is covered in the New York Times and on CNN and on Fox and la la la. Then there's other levels, right, that are happening below that, which is at, you know, companies whose people are not, who's, who's, who are not private. So it is still playing out in those places. Yeah. There are conversations happening about sexual harassment and sexual assault and inappropriate behavior, sexual misconduct, I guess, um, in companies across the world. But it's happening quietly. It's just not, you know, the New York Which Times is isn't going to cover every one of those but stories. But it's also it's good. Still good. It's actually good because, you know what, like, well, then you're actually getting to a place yes, where... but it where, wouldn't have happened if the public thing... Like, what makes Me Too different from what's come before it? I mean, I always laugh when people are like, oh, since this Me Too thing started a year ago. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Since sexual harassment started? No, obviously that didn't just start a year ago. Oh, since people started complaining about it? No, that's been going on for decades. It's funny to me. So like, why, what has made Me Too different? It is the level of public acknowledgement and the level of the power of the people who've been brought down. Like, it's not accidental that this started with a very powerful man in a very symbolically powerful industry. It's really interesting because you needed this kind of thing, I think, to topple some of these really, really powerful people. But not just that. But the lesson of Me Too that, like, hey, what we should be doing is creating lists and circulating it and kind of uh, going after these people's reputation publicly, if that's the lesson of Me Too, then that's actually not helping. I agree. Because it's... um, because for all the reasons we're, we're saying, like now, really, you're forcing yeah, you're people creating this binary, into a situation this where weird binary, it's binary structure. And um, but I think both things. I don't think one excludes the other. I think I think it's going to be problematic if, on all the sort of non-public cases, if we're going to call them that, um, the sort of regular people cases, um, there has to be. And I've been really, really trying to think about, but I'm just at the beginning of thinking about, like, what's the model? What's a model that would succeed better rather than this kind of binary structure? Um, and there's been so many interesting things. Um, people talking about models of atonement, models yeah. of repentance, and you can look at it through like, you know, one way to look at it is that this really like progressive rabbi, Danya Ruttenberg, wrote has written several things about kind of the Talmudic laws of uh-huh. go, just bear with me, <laughs> Talmudic laws of repentance in Jewish religion. Uh-huh. I mean, ironically, yes, I am actually not Jewish, but this really I thought you are Jewish. Didn't no, you no, no, Jewish. No, no, I'm totally a shiksa. Um, oh yeah, and Matthew and I disagree. I thought you were as Jewish as Ivanka, but I guess Ivanka is <laughs> more Jewish much than you. Less Jewish than Ivanka. Okay. Um, anyway, but the the idea being, if you if you read her articles, they're really really interesting. She wrote one for the Washington Post, and it's about like an apology is not the same as repentance or atonement, mm. and that actually like there's a very long and detailed list of things that you need to do in order to repent or atone. So I thought that was one really interesting model that very very few of these men seem to be following thus far don't make faces at me no i just i don't know how much apologies and atonement really i thought you were the one who wanted healing andrew how are we going to have healing if men don't start to understand 
the consequences yeah. of their behavior. I guess you, so Especially if it's behavior that they didn't actually intend. Like that's the that's really one of the big problems here. Is there are men who are bad actors, yeah. but there are lots of men who do stuff to women all the time. No, okay, I agree. And then they're like, I so, didn't know, so me, I didn't understand. You're right. Yes. So I, you know, it's funny because I actually when I sort of I was saying like, where do I think Kavanaugh is on the spectrum of kind of bad male behavior? Mm-hmm. And like, I thought he was sort of, uh, you know, if, like if Harvey Weinstein is at like a hundred and you know, yeah. and Mr. Rogers is like a zero, a zero like he's like at fifty percent. Like I thought he was Kavanaugh. Like, Kavanaugh. Like, oh, I, I would actually put of, him weirdly. I would put him even lower. Lower, than that. right? So he was actually to. So I thought. And, and I, do, I would put him I, lower because he did something. I mean, he clearly did all of this before his, you know, frontal cortex was fully right, formed, right? right? It sounds like drunk. once he hit 25, he like kind of sobered up and became sort of like a, you know, really constructive member of society. Um, I would put him lower. So that's yeah. interesting. However, do we still have to acknowledge that men who do these things, even well, that's why I thought this was this was to be such, held a, accountable such in some an way. like a um, edge case because there were so many things for different factors and and one of them was like hey do we acknowledge you know how much do we acknowledge hey rape culture of the eighties and oh, you know what the standards the of that is yeah. you know and um, and how much do we do we atone for that as a yeah. as a society of like the fact that we had Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds Even and all these Sixteen Candles yeah. Sixteen Candles a movie that I loved has a massive rape theme right that's you can have her, right? running like, through it yeah, like that's yeah. so i can't let my children watch that movie um you can and maybe you, i can't you i never never would show it to them because it makes light of something that should never have been made light of wow. it does oh my god please don't argue that with me i don't know i just i think i'm a big believer in the like the the nut allergy thing like is if you expose people some like peanuts at an early age like even, even I mean, the, the only circumstances which I would show system. it to them is like here's a horrible thing from my childhood that we all accepted as funny that makes me want to vomit uh, it has good and bad it does I mean like it is it, <laughs> times have changed there are parts of it Not there are parts of these movies that aren't are morals yeah. but you can read Dickens and be like you know what like it's still Fine. wrong to you know, yeah, Our, but there's no other Dickens, and there's plenty of other movies that I can have them. Fine, <laughs> that I can have but them like you, you, what the important thing is not to ban things or to say mean, don't do this. Is to read them in context. Yeah. Okay, fair and, enough. And uh, I just feel like there's change. lots of other lots of other good stuff. Oh, there was a point. But that anyway, your that point was on atonement, and I just don't. Like, oh, I know what I was going to say. I've got to interrupt you for one second. Yeah. I need to ask you about this. You keep saying that Kavanaugh's an edge case. Yes. Do you think there are more men like Harvey Weinstein or more men like Brett Kavanaugh? in terms of their behavior towards oh, women. I think Harvey Weinstein is like such a, no, he is like very, very rare. Okay. And yet, and very, very extreme. Yes. Kavanaugh is very, very normal. Right. So I would say that, that the fact that he was relatively normal and they were going after somebody who a lot of people would be sympathetic with and I've done the things, that's what made it an edge case. So what, what made it an edge case was that basically that the left wing was going, they had motivation to like take yeah, this yeah, down yeah. guy down for no real reason. Yeah. They had, mo- they had also like they had motivation because they had just had it done to them with Merrick Garland. Um, and yeah, yeah. they were going after somebody with a 30-year-old accusation who actually had like a stellar record, but but believed things that they didn't, yeah. and probably was a pretty nice, decent guy, so I think except for one where, thing that happened. Right. And and well, no, uh, not just one thing. Or and things I, that happened. Did you know even even that's we're not gonna we can't relitigate. But I, the second one, did you ever notice that she never said I saw his penis? She okay. just said I, we can't talk about that. Yeah, this we can't. Here. We can't go with it. <laughs> But I was like, I was thought that she she always parsed her words in a very careful way. Like I saw him zip up his pants, but like she never said he exposed it. I didn't parse it. Yeah. Carefully. Anyway, 
I don't really know what to say about Atonement except that I've never seen an apology, public apology, that has ever worked. That yeah. has ever, where, the, where women say like, oh yeah, this is great. And well, men say, either, oh, we're moving forward. But I think we need to, I don't think there is. I think is. we need to think about that. I don't no, think I that don't exists. agree. I think, that, I think like, private apologies mm-hmm. work. And I think... Um, yeah, but you don't have the choice of a private apology when you are in the public eye. And, and honestly, like apology is is not enough is what I'm trying to ideally, say. Like, you need something that takes time and work. You need men to like really try to work yeah. on what was it, especially if they didn't understand, ironically, aware, of what they did. Or even weren't yes, aware. Yes, correct. Like in the case of Kavanaugh, like I don't think he was even, maybe we were all speculating, but I think he probably wasn't, didn't even know what had happened. He yeah. was just, he's blackout drunk and it, he had yeah. no idea. Right, and he and, had certain ideas about what girls were for and how boys should treat them. And or he didn't, or or he literally was just like. I mean, ah, like, I mean, and I. Do you think he would have randomly fallen on a um, another boy at the party? No, obviously not. Actually, they did. They actually jumped into a big pile, and and, and that guy actually did jump I'm into the saying, thing. I'm just saying, if it that actually happened, would have, do you think they would have lured a young boy into the room, a 15 year old boy, and locked the door and jumped on him and stuck their hands up his clothes? I, yeah, like I said, like <laughs> I'm, I don't know that all of those facts were kind of what happened, right. but I do think something did, did happen. Right. I just think it's interesting that you call we just it never an, heard, an heard edge her. case because in your mind that means something so different than it does to No, me. it was an edge case in the sense that it was going to be what a very difficult, and I think Feinstein, I'm going to say that wrong, right? Feinstein? It's always Feinstein. Steins and Steins. <laughs> Feinstein. <laughs> it is confusing. Fein, Feinstein knew that it was a tough case to bring. Not only that it was, yeah. that it was, but she also knew like there's no corroboration, no proof, and, um, and we're attacking this guy on a place where, like, like we don't. It would be great if other women came out and there was corroboration. But like, actually, like one woman came out and she was very sort of un, uncredible. She was un the second not, one, not credible. The third, the, the one third, that, the third was a big Avenatti's. Yeah, God, that lady. was a total mistake. She, she, like, people didn't really believe her. And then the second one, like, that was only like. So basically, then they shifted the narrative, like, oh yeah, this guy drank a lot and got drunk. But that's different than like this is a guy who has sexual. They really should have problems. started with the sloppy drunk. Maybe part. Maybe. <laughs> um, Although then again, everyone would be like, "Who didn't? And then, and who then, didn't blackout drink when they were?" And then when they school? finally said, "Oh, now it just matters like how he reacted to this." Yeah. Like they were done. Like they couldn't win at that. I mean, Cory Booker, by the way, is never going to be president because he. They're going to just keep playing back that line about which one. He said, um, "Doesn't matter if he's innocent or guilty. guilty." Yeah. And that, that's all you need. He's done. I, I don't agree because I think there are a lot of... I think that, I think he said more than that. And I, think I know he did and I know the there's a context, thing. but it's like the Mitt Romney thing about like, you know, half the country just wants a handout or whatever he said. 47%. Like, yeah, it's... This is... That it's is the line. That is the line that will... Because it sounds like it's the truth. Right. He's speaking the truth accidentally. Right. And whenever you get some catch somebody speaking the truth accidentally. Well, or you think you have, yeah. Except for Trump, who always speaks the truth accidentally. <laughs> truth accidentally. But like, oh, but when you only do it like when you do when you when you're careful about your words, yeah. and then every once in a while you say something like deplorables or like yeah. like where you actually this is what you say what you really think what you yeah. really think. Well, I will say like I I I, I we're done. not going to talk about this, but the I did a case of that just happened where. They were talking about this horrible, horrible case of the Saudi journalist who was who disappeared and was probably no, murdered and that. dismembered. No, but I just we're want to say this is seconds. a great example. Of, uh, this is a great example of Trump accidentally speaking the truth. Yeah. Where he was like, "Well, the guy's not an American citizen, right. and we also don't want to stop the massive amounts of money that are flowing into this right. country." So he's like, speaking, he's, he's, he's like, said, "That's he true." Says it, he says what he. This guy's life thinks. is not worth he, the he billions bullshits, of dollars, and he lies. But at the same time, 
he says what he thinks. He's unfiltered. He's unfiltered. Which he is, is unfiltered. I will not right. argue with that. We're going to finish with... Um, oh, and is... So somebody said we should go an hour. We're going an hour. So <laughs> Cindy McBennett can finish her run. You've got about 10 more minutes, Cindy. Oh. Uh, one last charge. All right. Really, so I will say, I'm going to set this one up, which is that... Um, the genesis of this whole podcast was Andrew being triggered by things that I write yeah. on Facebook yeah. and him thinking like, we should probably just talk about this instead of me writing angry responses back to Xanthi's True. triggering comments and getting yeah. myself in trouble. I'm speaking for you now. Um, so I wrote something. Don't put words in my And mouth. so even though Andrew and I have, have this process that we think is working pretty well uh, on the podcast, um, I still put things on Facebook that trigger you, Andrew. Yeah. And I almost think this needs to be a weekly, uh, yeah. bi-weekly segment, which is what did Xanthi say that triggered Andrew? Yeah. So this is our new se se segment, <laughs> Andrew Gets Triggered. <laughs> All right. So, um, Should I say what it was? And here's what triggered me this week. All right. I okay. posted an article. You wrote by, an article. And I, this, I wish I'd written you it. You know how I know I'm triggered? Because I write a whole page response, and then I delete it. <laughs> I can't say it. And that's, and I've done that more than a few times in my. I can't uh, decide thing. if that's brave or cowardly. It's, uh, I, I mean, let's say it's pragmatic. Self preservational, <laughs> yes. Um, and probably better and so for here our was, friendship. Here was the, the, the line. You said, I, you were talking, they were talking about Lindsey Graham, and you posted an article about Lindsey Graham. So by, I, Gia, by Gia Tolentino by, from The New Yorker. Lovely. And she said, I grasped for the first time the extent to which the last past year has made some men crave the poisonous high of feeling wrongfully endangered. I also grasped the scale of the consequences that women and other sexual assault victims will face as a result. Like the white supremacists who marched in Charlottesville, these, and this is the part, yep. these men are borrowing the rhetoric of the structurally oppressed and delivering it with a rage that is denied about all the most powerful. And I said, that last bit about structurally oppressed and delivering it with a rage, the rhetoric of the structurally oppressed, it's like that is exactly the thing that triggers me all the time about these sort of um, particularly upper middle class or upper class white women who have kind of adopted in their, this not only this rage, but but the language of the structurally oppressed. They, they basically... So you're like, how can you accuse me of doing that when you say... No, that no. You, when you are actually doing that. I, I basically, whenever people say privilege, like if you say I'm privileged... I think we all know what happens when I, you, when I say privilege to you. Well, I just say, like, for example, I, I see Your knee-jerk reaction is, I, see, I don't have it. I see my privilege in terms of race. I see my privilege in terms of class. I see my privilege in terms of education. But even you don't in, see in the effect in, even that my, it has on your, on your perspective. And on my, I see my privilege, privilege when it comes to heterosexuality. Like, I see all those privileges. Like, and I see the challenges right. that, every other, that every other group there. But when I see well-to-do... White women, white women like me. who have, I think, more privileges than a lot of sort of white men. Sure. And particularly if you look at the scale, like maybe at the top 10%, 20%, like men still enjoy many more privileges professionally in, in the United States. They get they can get higher mm -hmm. jobs, sure, they become sure. CEOs. But they, as you move down that money. scale and, and as time goes on, like, you know, if you're looking at the bottom 30% or the bottom 40%, I feel like okay. white women have more privileges than white men. So it bothered you that I posted this because I actually didn't write the article, no, right? No, but you uh, thought Gia that was Talentino, like... Gia Tolentino, who tell wrote it, it tell is it. actually a woman of color. Um, she is not She is not a white woman. Well, the funny thing, then there's this other woman who was in the New York Times who said, it triggered you, who okay, said yeah. basically white women are to blame for a lot of this. How Correct. can you guys 
aren't taking out the, aren't supporting. Okay, so supporting I have a couple of things this. that I need to and, talk about. And I was like, yes, like how can you sit there mm -hmm. and say, I'm so triggered by this woman picking on white women and like how dare she? That's a step too far. But I recognize but not that, recognize that you're doing that to white women. I recognize men. that I am, that I am not necessarily right. Like I do see when 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump, there's no denying that statistic. I am offended when people say all white women because like you, when people say all white men, they only, you read they, all white men. No one says all, no one ever qualifies all white men or some white men. They always just say white, white men. White men or white women. And yeah. the my point is, the implication is all, because then we feel included and then we feel like, huh, how can you criticize me? Like, I'm right. not racist. Why are you I attacking me? I'm an ally. To, right. And the point is that we're wrong because both of us are wrong because we're part of, you have to look at it institutionally. We're part of a structure and an institution and a social construct in which um, we do need to be, we do need to acknowledge that we've participated in it simply by virtue of who we are. And I know that's really hard. No, I think and it's Andrew, the, it, it I think me. it's the poisonous high of feeling wrongfully endangered. Well, I feel like I, that women, I feel like okay. white, white women, uh, they get, right, Andrew, there's, by the way, I think there's a sort of a dopamine rush that you get by yes, doing this. That is 100% that, that true. Right? absolutely a high yes. by, by having, you're going on a Facebook and you said something and you, you release your anger, but you, but you, this it's is something we're going to have to follow up on next time, yeah. but it's this idea of like, why are women so angry? So you are a hundred percent right that I have more privilege than many, 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 many white men or men in the world, in the country, however you want to put it. I'm extremely, extremely fortunate in my life. However, and this is where the Me Too thing is important, the one privilege that I don't have is the privilege of moving through my life yes. without the constant fear of being assaulted, raped, attacked because of my sex. Yeah. I don't have that privilege because of I'm a woman. So Which this is, is the one thing that unites all women. And I don't care whether but, you're but a Republican or a Democrat or black or white or whatever you are, rich or poor, you are, you have, you face a danger and a, and a threat every single day. I agree with that. That most men, and I'm not going to say all men because there are men who also face this threat that most men don't face. I totally agree with that. And at the same time, that message gets really mixed up with the message of equality. Right. And that 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 those those two messages are very much tied together. And the the people who are angry about sexual, um, you know, sexual harassment and basically the unfair. By the way, I think that male desire, like even men are like male desire kind of sucks, like the way that it, it's just yeah, we can it, talk about we, that. We don't have a time. great. It's not. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to close on this, I'm gonna close on this funny, funny point, which is, okay. and then we're done. But like, I actually remember I was talking to my son. Cindy he's, needs to cool. She needs her cool down. He doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Take a breath, Cindy. Have some water. We're almost done. Um, but my my son, he was talking. We're ta I was talking to him about um, about masturbation and about puberty and all this kind of stuff. And I sort of. Oh, you're a good dad. I, I, well, it, was, it turned out an awkward conversation. But I was like, yeah, you have this. Um, you know, you'll find that you'll have these kind of urges and by the way, you know, like, don't w worry about like everybody does this. It's not a, it's not a big deal. And he's like, God, this, that sounds like it sucks. Like basically he was like, I have to like have these urges and like deal with this thing. It's probably like, and I thought it was really funny that he thought that cause I like, you know, maybe women feel the same way where they're explained that they have a period or something. They're like, oh, that yes, sounds, that's, that sounds good, like that's that. actually that not like a terrible really, analogy. It sounds like it really sucks. But I thought it was really funny. It was like, like, I was like, well, it's pleasurable, but, but yeah, but it is something that like, 
And I just thought that was so funny, which is to say that male desire is not such a great, I think that, you know, we have to live with it because we haven't evolved in 50,000 yeah. years. But, um, but it is a problem. But I think that's a very different problem than are men and, equal, men and women being treated equally mm. and who has privilege. Right. And so well, that's where I'll leave to, it. There's always more to talk about. I got the last word. Thank you for letting me have the last word. <laughs> Um, oh, I was going to say, we're going to do a little interview with our alumni magazine, yeah, the Princeton Alumni we're Weekly. In the um, and I'm totally going to get the last word on that. Okay. So. You should. You deserve <laughs> it. You've been through so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.